the incomparable. Number 115, November 2012. Welcome back to the Incomparable Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Snell. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the fall TV season as we uh, get on uh, toward the end of, I guess, the November sweeps period. Uh, we've had a few months to look at what's new and what's returned to the uh, to the TV airwaves, and so we like to check in with some of our panels and our panelists and talk about uh, what they've been watching and what they've been liking, and if there are things they can recommend or actually uh, scare us away from uh, for the the fall TV season. So joining me today are Andy Anatko. Hello, hello, Jason. Thank you for being here. Dan Morin is here, of course, because he's contractually obligated. Hi, Dan. I'm just fulfilling my duty. Yes, you're going through the motions. Scott McNulty, who not only reads books, but occasionally has been known to watch television, is here. Hi, Scott. Hello. Sometimes I read books about television. Are they novels? Uh, well, I, Or are they informational? I have a, a book of short stories about Columbo on my bedside uh, table. That is true. <laughs> Columbo, Columbo licensed mysteries? I've heard about them. I haven't read them, though. They, they are there. Oh, well. Geez, I hate to bother you, but one more question I've got for you. (laughs) He said. (laughs) Ah, see? Ah. That's a combo novelization right there. That'll be my NaNoWriMo. When the stories like introduce characters, does it say the 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 floral shop owner who looked a lot like Donald Pleasance from that episode (laughs) in which he was a a vineyard owner? (laughs) Yes, or the dentist who kind of looks like Spock. (laughs) <laughs> and also uh, joining us, that was all the introduction to Scott McNulty, by the way. Isn't that something? Also joining us is John Syracusa, who has been known to watch some television in his time. Hi, John. Hi, Jason. Yeah, I don't read the book so much these days, but I watch a lot of TV, it seems like. That's good. It's uh, You can get through more stuff on TV. The books, they take a long yeah, time. Some, someone's got to do it. These shows aren't going to watch themselves. They're really not. <laughs> the TiVo is not going to... Although sometimes I feel like that with a TiVo or a DVR in general is I don't have to watch the shows. I just need to record them. <laughs> I, just, I just need to own them. That's that's not how it works, Jason. We'll have to talk after the show. It's like putting the textbook under your pillow in yeah. college. So you just it just seeps in. It's, it's watching it for me. I record them and I delete them. It plugs into that same illness that, like, for for years, where I would buy like Spider Man, even though I didn't really like the comic anymore. But the thing is, I'd had I have all of them, so I have to keep buying them. <laughs> and t- it takes a while for you to realize that. But if I, I, I'm running out of space, my DVR, I should I should delete some of these old episodes of Big Bang Theory. <gasps> but then I won't have the complete season on my DVR. Yes, where you could spend twenty three dollars and own it on DVD. But I won't have it on my DVR. Look, the numbers are going up in sequence. Oh dear. It's like the problem where you you watch something and you feel like I've invested seven seasons in this show and I got to keep watching it because it's probably going to end within the next couple seasons. I've already watched the first seven seasons, so I just can't I can't stop watching it now. And I'm looking at you, How I Met Your Mother. Oh man, this is <laughs> sorry. There was there's a little therapy here. Are you there's letting it out? Here. Are you? Is this how you let out your disappointment about Supernatural, Dan? No, I love I love Supernatural. I will talk. I will talk no, but, positively about it. Yeah, How I Met Your Mother, however, does feel sort of like it's playing out the string, doesn't it? It's just it's there was not there was not eight seasons of this show in it to begin with. No, kids, have I told you the story about when I got my uh, when I visited the dentist in 2014? It's sad because I love the characters and I loved the premise, and there are some truly hilarious episodes in the earlier seasons, but. 
it has hit that point where it's just like just going through the motions, just doing it because, you know, we got paychecks. Yes, until it becomes unprofitable. At which point, yeah, then, so, and then I met the mother, the end. Yay, and it'll be anticlimactic at that point. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm invested. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've bought in. I just deleted the rest of the office off my DVR. I'd been watching that, and then I realized I'd stop watching it, but the, the DVR kept recording it and saving it, and I just said, you know what? I'm never going to watch this, so the office got cut off, despite me having invested however many seasons it was up until... Like last year. I've done that on occasion, but most of the time I'm such a completist, it's just really hard for me to give up. DVRs change your, you know, in, in the old days, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't watch that. I guess, oh, well. But now it's almost like they pile up and you think to yourself, um, it, it, should I delete them? My wife and I have this, um, first off, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll just divest myself from a show and I'll, like The Office, I said, if you'd like to keep watching The Office, go ahead, but Jim and Pam just got married and I'm going to consider that a very nice series finale and I'm done. Um, and sometimes she'll, <laughs> sometimes she'll say, yeah, you know, I'll do that while I'm folding laundry or something. And, but other times we'll have a, you know, a small ceremony, a very quiet ceremony where we, where we consign the uh, TV show to its, to its, its end, to its final fate. And we'll remove it from the auto record list and say, you know, remember the happy times? And 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 just let it let it go off, and it's like we're we're our own network executives <laughs> saying like, well, I know NBC hasn't canceled it, but I've canceled it. I saved three seasons of Walking Dead, or whatever it was, for my wife because I thought someday she will want to see zombies. Not this year, not next year, maybe not the year after, but someday she will want to see zombies. And I was right. Eventually, she wanted to see zombies, and I said. You know what? I've been saving them. <laughs> How many DVRs did you have to go through to get? You had like eight DVRs full of various shows she might watch. <laughs> yeah, and they're all just stacked in a yes. bookshelf. One day she'll like free just swap too. in the hard drives. <laughs> I've got a big DVR. It's like a three terabyte drive. Oh, that's good. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So we should probably start off with the. Uh, Although this is actually a fascinating discussion about how we deal with uh, bumping shows off and and finally, like The Office is a great example. I canceled The Office a long time ago. Were there episodes after Jim and Pam got married? I, I there were, and I huh. actually saw some of them, and I shouldn't have. Interesting. I, I'm still watching The Office. The the <laughs> the the looming specter of death, and knowing that this is the last season they could do anything with these characters, has caused like the producers and the writers to really move things forward uh on the show some of my some of my favorite moments from the entire series have been this year so wow well i'll i'll, I'll rediscover them someday when i'm in a hotel room and there are reruns on i'll be like oh i haven't seen this one <laughs> yeah, well, yeah that, that, that that moment that moment in the hotel room where the where you turn it on and it's already set to tbs and you can't find the remote so you wind up you wind up uh, watching about four hours with a family guy Right. I'm I'm not sure I've ever watched a full episode of The Office despite going to high school with two of the people from the show. Wow. There's good there's good stuff in there. Yeah, Andy, I was on an airplane. I was trapped on an airplane and I watched like four consecutive episodes of The Big Bang Theory, which I a show that I watched, but it was one of those things where it's like I'm just going to leave it right here and I'm on a plane and I'm just going <laughs> to even the commercials whatever, just <laughs> let it wash over me. I don't want to work good, anymore. Good news. Our 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 show is testing extremely well with people who are strapped down into uncomfortable seats <laughs> and forced yeah. to watch. Yeah, exactly. It's brilliant. <laughs> That's NBC's entire strategy, by the way. 
just, <laughs> just do it well with prisoners and people who are trapped in various locations. Another good example, 30 Rock, where it's the final season, oh, yeah. which they now feel as, a, oh, I can't, we, ha- we can't just simply like sort of string things along. We have to do things. It made me think of it because one of the running themes this season is that uh, they're try- they're try- that uh, Liz Lemon and, uh, <laughs> and, and Jack are trying to tank the network and like deliberately drive the ratings down. Right. So it's like that that does sound like a scenario that you would hear on on, on a final season episode of 30 Rock. Okay. Actual NBC strategy. I'm sure it's good for Comcast somehow to for have <laughs> to have M- NBC stink uh as it does. New shows. We should talk about new shows first. Uh now that we've talked about some old shows a little bit. Uh it, there are quite a few out there. I've I've managed to catch a few of them. Um is there anything that that any one of you want to bring up as a new show that you found that you that you uh, you particularly like or dislike? Is Revolution new? I can't remember. Revolution is new. Revolution yes. is Revolution new. Revolution yeah. is yeah. new. And apparently, it's kind of a hit. It's a hit. Oh no! Say it. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be. I know. <laughs> I don't understand Revolution. I. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna defend it. I'll do that. I'm well, you shouldn't because it is Go get him, Scott. Here's my problem with Revolution. I could accept that there's some weird thing that all electricity stops working. Okay, fine. Uh, but why does the internal combustion engine also stop working, but guns continue steam to work? Does not. They are, but steam right. does work <laughs> because they have a train. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Internal combustion doesn't work, but steam works. And by the way, the electrical yeah. signals that your body sends so you can move those also work. work. <laughs> so it doesn't make any sense. That's my okay, main so problem. So what you're saying it. is that this is we've we've got we've got nerd problems here. Is what we're saying? No, no. You have to. I I accept. If you have a rule in your world, you have to stick with that rule. And and exactly. if you don't, then I don't buy into the whole thing. Did, is it internal combustion that doesn't work, or is it just the fact that cars require electrical starters? But cars no, don't require. If, if, you can doesn't. work around that. If you can cobble well, yeah, together yeah, a my, steam my train. And sure. you can turn Independence Hall into some place where you can run your uh, republic from, even though Independence <laughs> Hall has uh, very few facilities for such things. Uh, since I live in Philadelphia, I, I sneak into the building so I know what's there. Uh, you can figure out how to start an internal combustion engine. And if you have a stockpile of weapons and access to apparently tanks, you can do this. So this is my problem with that show. Yeah. Also, re- remember that the, the the electric starter wasn't like the first thing they put into a car. That's like all those old timey movies in which you try to crank the front of the front of the car. That's like them manually trying to crank start the engine. Well, sure, so, but I mean, then I, you I have just, to go I, and retro, I, I, retrofit all your existing cars to be crank starts, which I'm sure most people probably don't have the capability to do. You can just roll a, a stick shift car down a hill and pop the clutch. If if that's if that's the option of having to take a steam train down the end of the block to go to Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> I would probably be willing to hang crank my engine. Well, yeah, I mean, but do you know how to turn? Do you know how to turn an engine into a hand crank engine without the benefit of the internet? Because I would be impressed. I'm just saying. I'm guess. I'm, I'm guessing that that's you know. Uh, when I when uh, there was a there was a time when I learned how to basically 
break into places that shouldn't have been broken into without the benefit of the internet. And that's cool enough information tends to spread uh, with or without technology. So I'm pretty sure that all these solutions would be part of the of the vernacular within a year. And if it's been long enough for ivy-covered vines to cover the front of Wrigley Field, <laughs> thus, thus, thus putting both a literal uh, close to the metaphoric failure of the uh, of the team to actually make any forward motion, that I'm sure that at some point someone would figure out how to make things work better than just, you know, I, I, I have to say, I have to admit that though I haven't seen a single episode, I was totally thrown <laughs> off. I have, oh, okay, I have, okay. I, I was, comes I out. Was totally, I was totally, I was totally thrown off by like all the teasers because all I, at the first level you see, oh, another post-apocalyptic yes. sort of place that that's staffed exclusively by incredibly hot looking women okay. and gorgeous men. So that, see, here's the thing. I did watch the pilot and, and I, I'm amused by the fact that that uh, we're sitting here, although it's nerds, okay, so I get it, but that we're debating the the, sci- the scientific underpinnings of this ridiculous plot because uh, my problem with it is, well, there I have many, but one of them is it's the clean apocalypse, and I hate the clean apocalypse. It's like, <laughs> well, the society is completely broken down, but we're all pretty clean and well-dressed yeah. and well-fed and uh, not horribly scarred, and, uh, you know, our hair is fairly well kept and that that's just i mean first off that's ridiculous and then and then watching the pilot i kept thinking to myself um why i i honestly repeatedly said why would i ever watch more of this show because i didn't find the characters that interesting it it seems like we're setting up for this you know another one of these quests where there's a where there's a a fundamental premise mystery. I, I, I got a lot of flashbacks to Flash Forward, <laughs> uh, which was a. Uh, I watched. I wasted ten hours of my life watching that show, and that was a terrible show. <laughs> and, and this felt very much the same. So, uh, you know, I, I I didn't get past the pilot for this one because I didn't like the clean apocalypse thing, and I felt that that I, I had no motivation to come back for another week to see these characters in what presumably is them walking, you know, traveling from town to town. And very incredible Hulk style visiting with people and meeting with the mean people who are trying to exert their power over the, the, the weaker people. And, uh, I just, <laughs> it didn't work for me. Well, so, okay. I, I actually took the time to watch all of the aired episodes to date. Sucker. So, well, I, you know what? I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> um, I, I have I also is... watched all of the episodes. <laughs> Fight. I mean, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm, I'm speaking, you know, maybe that's because I tend less towards the critical and more towards the looking for good in things. Dan speaks um, for the masses because this is a hit. And also it's because it's well, a supernatural I mean, the masses, let's, let's all admit that the masses are no indicator of taste. <laughs> I mean, that's a hit or not is regardless of the fact. That just means whether or not it gets to air enough episodes that it might turn into something that's not bad, in my opinion. Um, I think there's I think there are a lot of problems with the show, but I think there, there are things about it that I liked. I like the production design. I thought there was some cool stuff in there. I've enjoyed the fact that they're, I mean, and, and I come at this from a perspective of, as Jason knows, having written a novel about a post-apocalyptic world that was very similar to this in some ways. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, that belies my fondness for this idea as a premise. Um, Your and book I like was the much fact- better than this show, Dan. <laughs> Well, they didn't turn that into a television show, sadly. Um, that said, I think there are some there are some cool ideas in it, and I like some of the I like some of the characters. And as they've gone along, there have been I, I, admitting that there were a lot of points in in the pilot which 
the thing that I would be more most critical about was like I felt like I saw most of the beats in the pilot coming. Oh yeah. Um, there were a couple moments that got me, and then there were some things in later episodes that I thought took this in directions that were more interesting. Um, and I enjoyed the more of the flashbacks as we went along, the the sort of going into the flashbacks about how things in the past happened, how people reacted. Um, and spending out a little bit more of this whole conspiracy. I agree, like Jason, that I got a lot of uh, – uh, it rang a lot of bells that Flash Forward rang. Um, and I think this show is better than Flash Forward, oh. um, which may not be saying much. <laughs> yeah, bringing endorsement. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean I like the idea that they're willing to try an audacious, uh, you know, big-budget show on something that is not – your typical doctor lawyer show. Um, and so I'm always willing to give something a try um, if it's, if it's you know, uh, audacious enough. And there's, you know, the show has a decent pedigree behind it too in terms of the, you know, the creative team. And so that for me is enough to be interesting. I feel very much like this is a, it's a first season show. It's very, uh, it's more, uh, it's got more of an ongoing plot than I expected because um, first season shows are often very episodic. Um, which is to say there's a B-plot that's sort of going through the entire thing, which which I appreciate. But it does feel like it's trying to find its footing. Um, and I could see it turning into something, you know, very interesting. It might also just go off the deep end and totally lose my interest. But right now, mm-hmm. I, I give it sort of a grudging approval. I don't know, guys. I, I've seen all the episodes as well because I like a post-apocalyptic stories. And I think you've hit most of the, the nerd highlights of what's wrong with it. But I think, like, if you ignore all of the things that we've discussed so far and just pretend it's not the story that it is it like it suffers from suffers from like the network effect as in the television network effect i think any one of us if you put us on the spot right now and said i want to have a post-apocalyptic story where it's like 15 years after civilization has gone to hell and you know uh and there's a, a group of people run with it we can come up with Better characters, better premise, better things for them to do, better, you know, overall arc, better episodes. Like everything about it is just so kind of like it's not it's not Terra Nova bad, but it's it's pretty <laughs> bad in terms of just like boring sort of wrote by the numbers. Not really that. Inter- I think Flash Forward was a way better show than this because at least Flash Forward was a disaster that had some ambition. This is kind of like a. Nah, all right. I mean, like, just the, if you had to explain what is what is the main like going after the, the, her brother? Who cares about her brother? Who cares about her? Who cares about the MacGuffin? Who cares about any of these people? Society, any, like, it's there's there's some interesting stuff there, but they never go to the interesting stuff. It's just like, oh, I, it really it really kills me, and it's and it's lack of ambition. You know, we, we happen to have a good apocalypse show on TV right now in the walking dead which is not a clean apocalypse which is more interesting and shows how messy things are in a way that actually kind of ruined revolution for me because revolution is you know we're we're camping (laughs) that's like that's what the apocalypse (laughs) is is we have to camp out now and and all the logistics were wrong in terms of like 15 years later well i mean i i wanted a revolution i wanted a post-apocalypse show that didn't have zombies yeah well i wish this had i wish this had some kind of uh, a threat besides civil war looking people and one guy who's kind of a psychopath mean guy and then it's like it's just this i feel like i really feel like anybody could come up with something and the only reason this gets on the air and the million better ideas don't get on the air is because some person goes like okay okay electricity doesn't work like it's it's a it's a show the premise is four dunces pitched by dunces two dunces and it gets the green light and anybody could come up with a better 
post-apocalyptic story than this, like with more interesting things or whatever. And it's like, nah, that's not going to be interesting anyway. How about this? You know, it just, it really, it really bothers me in that way. Now I, I keep watching it. I'm not sure why I'll probably end up deleting it. I mean, I just, the last few episodes I had built up, I just watched just so I can be on this podcast. But uh, I really, like, like I said, I think flash forward was a better show because it tried to do something more. And really, I think I cared about the characters from the flash forward. No, more than the characters no, I, uh, those guys were I, awful. I Jack admit Davenport. that sometimes I get lost in... And I watched, and I watched the entirety of Flash Forward, man. <laughs> I said, no, I watched all Flash Forward as well. I mean, it went off the rails. I mean, Flash Forward was a mess. But, it like, did. it was... There was some ambition there. I felt like the, there was some kind of ambition in, in Flash Forward that was a little bit off the beaten path. And this just seems so paint by numbers. I think I think the problem here is there with this one is they're backing into, I think, what they want to get at by the main plot. I mean... I don't know. They they're not doing. They didn't necessarily do a great job of leading into it at the beginning. But I, I think that they've they've backed into some stuff that might be interesting. I don't know. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I thought I thought it had some potential promise. Uh, sliced bread does not work in revolutions. Are, are, are there limitations of these shows that kind of put the handcuffs on themselves, like w- right with the pilot, where they can't just like uh, Doctor Who? It's a show that is. Here's a really colorful universe with some really cool stuff in it. Let's tell stories that take place in that really wonderful universe that they created. Star Trek also, there can be some ongoing stories, but fundamentally it's about this wonderful universe that we're going to explore filled with great characters. I think one of my disconnects with a lot of these shows is that with Revolution uh, – I'm sorry, with the uh, – uh, with 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 that show, I mean, the, the right from the pilot, it's okay. So you're telling me that I really shouldn't pay close attention to these characters. I should really ask myself, how did the power get turned off, and how are they going to turn it back on again? I don't. I, I think it's overwhelmed by this question that, in, in the end, should really just be the MacGuffin of the series. Yeah, that's how I felt well, about Flash Forward and. And yeah, exactly that, that thing too. And and also and also you just you don't. There's the David Lynch effect where you're wondering like, oh man, you're gonna. Do you really have any idea, producers, how you're gonna wind this up, or are you just gonna mess with me season after season after season, having no idea of what direction you're gonna go for? I mean, Babylon Five laid the template where you have to work out where all of this stuff is going, and you have to maintain my faith that by investing in your show, it's that there's gonna be a payoff at some point. Well, there are plenty of shows that don't bother. I mean, you know, depending on how the show works, there are definitely episodic shows that don't necessarily have a thread that runs from, you know, episode one to the final episode. So I think it depends on the type of show. This is I agree. This is one of those shows that does seem like it's setting up to have some big mystery. Yeah. Um, And I think that is that's tricky. You can get away with not with this type of, you know, string people along, not know where you're going. Like you you have to, it's like a balancing act, like a, like an equalizer for your stereo, right? If you're going to crank those things down, you have to crank something else up. And the thing is, like everything in this show, all the characters motivations don't read as real. The dialogue is not interesting or that snappy. Like there's not good writing. The character the characters don't act like human beings. They act like badly written characters. No one's motivation makes any sense if you think about it for more than three seconds. Or, uh, same thing with the premise. And it's like, what? which one of my equalizer dials are up here? Like, what is it? All right, so fine. You're not good in that. What are you compensating with? And it's just everything is just down, like low quality, boring, not very smart, uh, not realistic. They got that guy with a sword. Not The sword's not interesting. The guy's not interesting. Like, no, just he's not. Everything <laughs> in it is just turned way, way, way. The it's, only interesting thing about it is, like, I like post-apocalypse stories, which sure. I do. I really, really like them. That's why I'm watching the show. But it's just every, – there's nothing in there for me. It's just 
it really bothers. And I think that's why it's popular. Is it like it's like a it's like NCIS or CSI or any of the other shows that are just like just really all the dials turn way down. Very very broad. Don't confuse anybody. You know, like even CSI is better because at least that has a mystery aspect. And if you're into mysteries, then you know you can get a taste of it there. There's just nothing in this show for me. Yeah. I, and again, I'm going to say it's not as bad as Terra Nova. Terra Nova was worse, but it gets that same feel for I mean, me. Yeah, I, like, I didn't even get past the pilot with Terra Nova. That was that Terra, was yeah. that was That's truly a, bad. Terra Nova. Oh, was no good. Ter- Terra Nova pilot was so much better than the actual episodes were too. That's the thing because I watched <laughs> oh, some of those. Well, that was someone just, in the chat room brings terrible. up Jericho, Jericho, which I think is a short a show that was much more interesting than this, but with a similar vibe. Yeah. Didn't, you, didn't you all think Jericho was more interesting than uh, than, than Revolution? Revolution? I watched more than one episode of Jericho. I like like three or four, but yeah, it was. It also had the same problem of not very smart people, not very smart dialogue. But at least it got you somewhat intrigued in the premise until you realized that it was just going to be dumb. You know. Yeah. I, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll move on from Revolution, but uh, I, I'm so out of touch that that uh, I got my Entertainment Weekly and it said Revolution, it's successful, and I thought, really? How is that possible? <laughs> but apparently. It is. Well, I mean, there's a certain question in that, too, at least because of the idea that, you know, this is the kind of show that it doesn't seem like usually succeeds, right? Oh, yeah. Like, especially on a network. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how they we'll see how they do. But it, it apparently has gotten decent ratings so far. I, I'm just happy that Philadelphia is in it. Uh, uh, <laughs> excellent. I w- I'm going to bring up uh, a new show that I've been watching, or at least I watched a few episodes of, which is Elementary, which is CBS's Sherlock Holmes mm, procedural starring Johnny Lee Miller um, and uh, Lucy Liu, right? Because that, that was always my complaint about Sherlock Holmes. Watson should be hot. <laughs> I always thought that to myself as I watched. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, American I was going to say, if you, if you take Jude Law in there, man, and then some people might argue he is. So Elementary, you know, I, I was amused by a lot of the reviews of, of Elementary that were very apologetic about the fact that it wasn't as good as the BBC's Sherlock but that it needed to be judged on its own and not compared to the BBC Sherlock because it was not nearly as good as the, <laughs> just like they would fall over themselves and say, yes, yes, yes. I've seen the all eight, what is it, six episodes of the BBC Sherlock. Yes, it's not as good as that, but, and then there's the, then there's always the but, which is, you know, it, so, so elementary, you know, it's a retelling of Sherlock Holmes. He's in New York. He's, He's, uh, but he's still English. He is a recovering um, addict, and Watson is there to kind of monitor him. And he's the Sherlock Holmes that we know more or less, and that he's got his amazing powers of deduction. And, and so, it's not a terrible idea to set to take Sherlock Holmes and put him in the middle of a CBS crime procedural. Why not? <laughs> and that and that is literally what this show is. I, I, like I said, I watched I think three episodes and I realized, okay, I think I've seen this show now. I think I've seen it's all just going to be variations on a on a theme because it literally is. Who needs an entire CSI when you have Sherlock freaking Holmes? He is. <laughs> it's, it's CSI Sherlock, right? So that and that's really it. I mean, and Lucy Liu is she's feisty and does the things that she does, but. Um, you know, I, I I was interested in watching it because I like to compare it to the the BBC uh, Stephen Moffat Mark Gatiss uh, series, and uh, you know they're not. I, I think they're not comparable in in any way at all. 
I think that the BBC show has handled updating Sherlock Holmes for the modern day uh, kind of immaculately. Uh, lots of interesting flourishes of, uh, of ways that Sherlock Holmes adapts to modern society. Whereas this is, I mean, really, it's it's just a CBS show. He's the mentalist, except his powers are different. <laughs> I saw the I saw the first half of the premiere. It just I, I didn't have really have any complaints about it. You know, it's easy to make it's easy to make fun of. Okay, Lucy Lewis Watson. Okay, I know where you're going with this networks. It just didn't really engage me. Not not like the I I can't you can't help but compare it to the BBC edition because it's the same characters and the same yeah. familiar stories that we all grew up with. And whereas I, I just I just don't I think they didn't I think that it would have been great better if they had really taken the, the House MD approach where they didn't hide in any way, shape or form that uh, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes and Watson is the model for this these characters and this relationship. But when they realized that, well, we're, we really want to drift far apart from that and modernize it, at that point, they did the smart thing. They decided, well, we don't have to call it Sherlock Holmes. We can simply call claim this is a brand new character and totally, totally short circuit anyone's expect, expectations in that direction. So I think that whereas the BBC version produced a wonderful and thrilling update to to Sherlock. I mean these are this is the exact same character. The relationship is spot on. The character's attitudes towards life and towards the, their environment is spot on. Uh even though they are they do have cell phones now and now they're actually using the underground instead of car- horseless carriages. Uh I just don't think that this new version of it for 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 America really hits those same notes. It's a decent show. It's just not a decent Sherlock. Well, it's right. It's it's not really Sherlock. I mean, it, it's the character, and that's really what the transplanting is. Is he's got a he's got a Watson, and he's a master of deduction. But all the other trappings of Sherlock Holmes have been sort of swept away. And like I said, we're left with a CBS crime procedural where the main character is a master <laughs> of deduction, which. And somebody in the chat room is saying, you know, it's not even close to the BBC, but it's not bad for network TV. And it's not. I mean, if I was locked in a room and forced to watch a CBS crime procedural, and I've seen episodes of most of them, I would probably pick Elementary because it was fine. And it was kind of in the Sherlock Holmes character and and, and Johnny Lee Miller's performances. It's he's interesting and it's it's fine. But all of those CBS uh, crime procedurals are feel like they're of a kind. I mean, they're literally they're mass-produced uh, crime entertainment for an older demographic, and everything wraps up nicely at the end, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I, it's a competently produced piece of entertainment. It's just, you know, it's hard for me to get enthusiastic because it doesn't it doesn't seem to really push. It's not even like Person of Interest, which sort of took the CBS template and then did some interesting kind of subversive things with it. it it's just. You know, it is, like I said, it's sort of like a CSI, NCIS kind of, the mentalist is like the best example. It's very much like that. It's a guy who's really clever and he notices stuff and he solves crimes. Yay! (laughs) So, there it is. In the 70s, he would have had a rock band in a van. (laughs) did Did anybody else see Elementary? Was it only me? Who sacrificed myself? I, I did not. I, I did not get to it, but my, but my mother started watching it, apparently. Oh, good. Well, there. that's, again, there's the demographic <laughs> right there. Well, to be fair, to be fair, my mother usually has pretty good taste in television. So All right. Well, it's I, not I bad. She said, she, she said it was, yeah, that's what she said. She's like, it's not great, but it's okay. Yeah. I mean, she has watched a bit She's of in the demographic and, and likes that much better, but. And it's not bad. So that's what it's got going for it. So see, John watched all of all of revolution just to be on this podcast and i watched three out three hours of of elementary so 
we all make our sacrifices. What what else is new? Um, Last Resort, should we talk about that? I would happily talk uh, about it. I watched all of that as well. I watched all that as well. I've only seen the first two, but don't let that stop you. We can we can talk about yeah, it. And John sounds this, weary like, again. It's I'll let him go first, and this time I'll go after. All right. I think it's a tough competition between this and Revolution for the new show that I am least enthusiastic about. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm I almost surprised. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it until I watched the pilot, and I'm like, all right, well, this could be an interesting premise, but like, they don't know what they're doing on this show. They don't like. They don't know what the point of it is. It's like, well, we've got the we've got the locations from Lost, but we sure as heck don't have the writers or the cast. And the premise is even less focused than Lost, if that was even possible. <laughs> you know, the, the thing you saw the pilot with the submarine yeah. and the nuclear missiles and the firing on your own thing, but then we also supposed to care about the people. Like they cannot keep from episode to episode, like what the actual conflict is and what the parameters of that conflict are. So it's basically just like each episode you will see beautiful scenery on a tropical island and soldier-like people run around and do something and you probably won't care too much about it but don't pay too much attention because next week new people will run around and do new things and i'm just tired of it yeah it's like not not quite it's not constrained enough i, I mean i liked the pilot because i agree with you it's all over the place um but what i liked about i liked most of the pilot let, let's say I, I what i liked about it is that it felt like i was watching the, the part of a movie and that it was I, I love that it was kind of a mess because I thought this could go in interesting places. The fact that it is they don't sell it as this, but it's essentially like a sci-fi show because it's set in a time where the you know I, I you know there's questions about the U.S. government and they there's a nuclear attack on Pakistan and and Andre Brower who is great and I love Andre Brower is set sets himself up as basically the dictator of this island because he's got his nuclear submarine. And there's a you know there's a government conspiracy and that's always really boring. Ever since like the X Files, I've been very bored by government. I don't know why people think government conspiracies are interesting. It's, it's, it's like it's the default go to, right? It's like paperwork but evil. It's evil paperwork, but it's still paperwork. It's boring. They can't even be bothered to have a conspiracy. This is just like the government bureaucrats are mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. That's there's implication story. that there's a conspiracy, but it really is just the club of mean bureaucrats. Yeah. They can't even be bothered to tease you with it. They're just like, are we doing government conspiracies? No, let's just have like the soldier guy and the girl. I guess that's going to be the episode. And Now, the pilot does have one of the most spectacularly terrible things I've ever seen in a TV pilot, which is the, the mil- the, back in Washington, there's the military contractor in her underwear. Yeah. Which is one, <laughs> which that is, that is Mandy level badness. That is West Wing. <laughs> Moira Kelly level <laughs> awful character. Uh, oh. you know, they're, 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 I, I have to say that I think this is worse. I guess this is worse than Revolution. I don't know why it's worse, but I just, I, when I think about, like, when they're both on my DVR and I say, which one should I watch? I usually go for Revolution. Oh, last no. Resort is just. No, I, I, no, I mean, just, just for Andre Brower, I think I would take Last Resort over Revolution. And I'm fascinated by it. I pick them at about even for me. I mean, I neither of them do I think is spectacularly great. Neither do I think is I've seen worse shows than both of them. And that, you know, again, not saying much necessarily. I thought the pilot of this one was pretty good. I mean, it had at least one moment that, you know, I thought was kind of a wow, I didn't think they were gonna, you know, do that. Um and Blow some up of the a nuclear that, bomb two hundred miles offshore of Washington, DC. Yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't really see them doing that far, yeah. but you know it makes or, sense. Or do you mean in the, the, in the mi- context mi- of the plot? Or do you mean the contractor in her underwear? 
No, that, you know, whatever. That's, you know, to be expected from network television yeah. these days. They need to get attention somehow. You, ex- you, ex- um, you expect a contractor to not wear underwear, Jason. Mm. You know, there's a lot of chafing in those work clothes. I mean, yeah. She was All very hot. Is if she needed to if, if cool FBI, off. If FBI, if FBI agents are going to send shirtless pictures of themselves to people, I think a contractor's in their underwear is not a far stretch of imagination. Reality. Yes. Um, uh, so, you I know. Think, I, think I'm, we're, I think we're. Uh, go ahead. It's. Sorry. It's. We're edging closer to the place where there's so many of these scandals coming about that now nobody will believe that the government can pull it together to be evil towards <laughs> anybody because yeah. they're too busy sending naughty photos to each other with their government issued blackberries. I believe that's how Mulder and Scully lasted so long. I don't know. I, I in, the, in the day since George W. Bush, I've had a hard time, you know, believing that the government is actually competent enough to do things that are that evil. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a uh, have your cake and eat it, too. I think I think there's some interesting stuff on the show. Again, there's some some threads that are that are interesting. As the episodes have gone along, they've gotten more into sort of, you know, the, the episodes, the pilot starts with them picking up these, you know, Navy SEALs who have been on some right. sort of botched operation. And they sort of get more into, well, what the hell happened there? Um, there's some interesting power play stuff, I think, on the island, you know, because there's this local warlord um, who's kind of got everybody on his thumb. Right. It's mess. It's it's a total mess. But I kind of li- I'm kind of enjoying that it's a mess because there is all this different stuff. And I it's just it's fascinating to me to see the them say, look, this is not going to be like a regular TV series where it's the same every week. It's just uh, we're going to have this complete mess of strands and we're going to try to advance it. And yeah. If you think that's good, the most recent episode, which I just watched today, involves basically a hallucinogenic <laughs> drug attack on the island, which I thought was yeah. just in freaking sane, no, no. but it was kind of entertaining. The best thing huh. about this week's episode, Dan, was that they, so they did the thing, they did, you know, so Lost does the thing, or, you know, J.J. Abrams or whatever, do the thing, or, you know, 10 million shows do it, where they show you, you know, a, a later point is the first scene, and then they go backwards yes, to see how Yes, 36 hours earlier. But this right, jumps so all that, over the place. But, but they put it with, they put that formula in a shotgun and fired it at the screen, and then they did, <laughs> in the dialogue, they said like two hours before the chemical attack and the word chemical was in red and they did this seven times during the show and every time chemical was in red it's like okay we get it it was i thought it was kind of hilariously wacky i mean i i really i really enjoyed it if only because it was like spending a lot of time it was a little bit like memento it was like i'm just trying to put the pieces together what order this crap happened it was what a mess that was what and like and this piece is scattered to no to no real end Really, I mean, the one reveal they had was something that you saw coming and wasn't that really important to the plot or like, oh, what a mess that was. What a mess. But you're right. It's like it's a it's a mess. And this should be they should use this show as a course for teaching people how to write television, because every episode has seven examples of what not to do. And they're all different. (laughs) See, variety. That's what I'm looking for. A variety of different ways not to write a TV show. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're going to watch a show and it's not great one of the reasons to keep watching is because it's fascinating in how strange and messy <laughs> and and just weird it is and and that's kind of my my fascination with last resort is that it's got it's got a little bit in it that's a little bit of crimson tide and i like that part and then the rest of it is just like what are they doing and honestly <laughs> i'd much rather watch something like that that's messy and what are they doing than something like uh, the premise of revolution, which for whatever reason, do, just for me, I look at that and I think that's just really boring because it's just I, I kind of I feel like I know all the permutations of that story. Whereas Last Resort's like I don't know what they're gonna do. It's it's just how is that a TV show? 
then that's more interesting to me. I've, I, I've, yeah, I don't think it'll last. The, I think it'll. I don't think it'll last beyond the season. <laughs> I don't see I, how I, it could. I don't think it can. But I mean, I like. I really like Sean Ryan, the the guy behind it, who did the Shield yeah. and Terriers, and um, you know, I think this is just. It's just so bizarre as a show that I I can't help but kind it, of it enjoy needs it. to be put down. Speaking of like Terriers, like as an example of you know why, why does Terriers get canceled and Last Resort like could potentially be renewed? Like it's it's an unjust universe that we live in. Mm. It is. <laughs> you, you see, it's the sooner you get to realize that, the better you understand television. Yeah. No. No. My, my my one favorite thing about Last Resort, though, is that there's they have a a, a convenient uh, radio, whatever early warning missile detection system, which is essential for their stupid premise, right? Yes, it's like a big, you know, it looks like a big uh, Epcot Center dome, and it picks up radio signals, and it's in the valley between two gigantic mountains, which is exactly <laughs> where you put your 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 listening post. Complete, yeah, your your thing that senses all around the entire island. We can sense in hundred miles in any direction. We'll nestle it in this valley. Yep. No. That's, well, that's how where NATO. The, that's where the CG fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there, there, if if you want some evidence that there is a, a just and logical universe, uh, Animal uh, Animal Hospital got canceled after what one episode? Yeah, or maybe two, because they did the, they did the one that preempted the end of the Olympic closing ceremonies, and then I don't exactly. know what that show is, so I feel I feel better about it. Myself, was it man. was the NBC sitcom about vets and a monkey? I had no idea that this thing existed. You, you gotta, you had to think a monkey was gold. Comedy gold. Animal practice. Animal practice. Sorry, yeah, but yeah, all, all you have to do is see like all the clips of hey, let let's dress up a monkey like a doctor and have him like walking around doing rounds as a regular character. That'll work. <laughs> Yeah. Just, that, that is right out of the television playbook of like you know every show from the 1980s. It seems like <laughs> that's that, that, that's a, that's a network executive that is officially disgusted by America. Where I I I, I, ma- I imagine this guy like having tried to like launch all these really really great creative series and all of them tank after a season after like one episode or never get never get launched to begin with. Is it all right, idiots? You want stupid sitcoms? Let's give you this with a. St- Stupidest sitcom ever, and unfortunately, there wasn't a springtime for Hitler effect. It actually was regarded as the dumbest thing ever, and, and burst into flames. T- tangentially, has anybody actually anybody else actually seen episodes, the Showtime series with Matt oh, LeBlanc? Matt LeBlanc. No, but I was about no. to make a Friends reference. I was going to say that, that, that the Animal Practice show is really an NBC executive saying, "Let's recapture the magic of that time when they had that monkey on Friends." The monkey was testing through the roof. I told them to keep the monkey on the show, but they wouldn't listen to me. I I was just amused because um on on the show episodes which is sort of like a Hollywood you know uh, pastiche right um there's a whole recurring recurring theme about how the network that the that this show focuses on passed on a show about a talking dog and then it becomes like the most popular show on the network <laughs> and they're like why did we pass on the talking dog show uh that's a that's a, I think Stephen Moffat cuts, said that, that that the episodes is painful for him because it is at, literally about misadaptation of a UK sitcom in the US. It, it, it's like in fact it is and kind of hilarious. Yeah, yeah, resembles the coupling story a little bit too much. Any <laughs> other any other new stuff you guys are watching that we should talk I'm about? Not, that's that's weird that this season like. Usually I have I start watching more shows and then bail on a bunch of them. This one, I guess the only two of new ones I'm watching are Revolution and Last Resort. Wow, I'm not bailing on sad. them, and they're they're disappointed. But like I think the returning shows are making me happy this year. So, all right, well let's talk about returning shows then. Should we talk about Fringe a little bit? Oh, except yeah. for that one. Oh god. Oh well. <laughs> so so well, Fringe part of it is just we've come this far, right? 
this is the last season of Fringe. Yeah, doing I'm going to see. I'm going to see it through. Thirteen episodes or whatever, and then they're done. I mean, you're halfway. You're halfway through now, right? And yeah, basically, I've only seen the first what uh, three of these. I think I've seen the first five. Uh, I'm I'm I am happy that Fringe is going out uh, on its own terms, and its own terms are completely insane <laughs> right I, i'm okay true. with that the fact they're like hey let's set it in the future and we're fighting the alien observer f- threat they're and not aliens they're humans they're future humans yeah i know okay and they're really the like the watchers from Mar- marvel comics but <laughs> I, I i'm enjoying it because i like seeing the characters and i like seeing them in a different setting and it's you know it's and it's crazy i love that they basically threw away their kind of old premise and have a new premise that's uh just we admit it we're not even a little bit like we were in our first season now <laughs> if you if you went from the first episode to the this season yeah, you'd be like say, what you have, you have whiplash <laughs> yeah so i've i've enjoyed it for that i agree i i you know i thought i think I think the season dealing with the uh, the two worlds was my favorite, which three, I think, was the main one where we really got into sort of the back and forth between the two worlds. Um, and I'm still enjoying it. I mean, I thought it got I think it hit its peak in the, th- in the third. Season. Yes, I agree. Um, but the, I mean, you know, even so, it's still doing a lot better. And, you know, I think it's nice that they got in the back door on sort of the in sort of the side like it started off as this very like it's going to be kind of x-filesy right like yeah and then they went just it just into like unapologetic full-blown sci-fi right and that i kind of appreciate which is like there's not a lot of that on television i feel like or definitely not on network television now this is a show that lets its freak flag fly and it 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 gets freakier every every year (laughs) and i don't mind that even though it's been a really uneven kind of you know an uneven show over the years but I'm glad they are getting to end. I have the same complaint as I had last time we talked about Fringe, which was that they've now at this point they've just done too many changes and the they've done too much with the same characters that now I feel like I cared about this character in this phase, and then I cared about this character into this phase, and then they made this character not really her, but then like uh. not a clone, but the different like they've just done it too many times. Too many Walters, too many Joshua Jacksons, too many, you know, uh you know you want to call him Pacey. Too many Paceys. Yeah, and like they've just they've just they've just gone they've gone through the mill too many times, and every time they go recycled through, it's not that the storylines I'm bothered so much. It's just that I'm no longer I no longer have any I can't I've lost the thread of what it is these characters want and what what is going to be fulfilling for them intellectually, emotionally, plot wise. And I I mean I still enjoy the wackiness of the plots, and I like that they've just basically reset the show like so many times. I find that bold and interesting and i like i like the x-files season i like the uh i really like the you know finding out pacey wasn't who you thought he was i like the two world season but like just as they've gone through the meat grinder i just care less and less and this this season like i had no emotional connection with their their daughter i don't care what those two want walter has changed over too many times the assistant is there for no reason at this point (laughs) you know like it's just you just, you know, just sail it out. Like, and, and I'm more interested in the characters of the bald guys. Like, now that they're turning them into characters, at least the, because they haven't been through the grinder 50 times. And it's just the one, you know, like I can get, you know, September was kind of an interesting character. And I these evil guys I like to know what, what's inside their head, what motivates them and stuff. But the, but the other characters, it's just too much. So, yeah, the show needs to go out. I, I applaud them for uh, being bold and daring. And they had, they had a couple of good, uh, you know, half seasons and some really good episodes mixed in there so but in general 
it's kind of dying with a whimper, I think. One of the things I like about Fringe, and I and they, they've picked it up this year too, is that it, it does have an underlying kind of sadness about its themes that I like. Um, they And I've said this on, I think, a previous podcast. The um, This is a show that turns out its underlying premise is about the loss of a child and what happens when Walter refuses to accept the loss of his son. And in this season... I thought it was interesting that they kind of came back to it again, that that um, that theme with the idea that uh, that uh, Peter and Olivia's daughter is lost to them, and there's an attack by the observers and they lose her, and then they're lost to her because they get ambered up and are are you know trapped in amber while she grows up. And then they're reunited. But I, I, I think it's, you know, for what it's worth, I, I, I've always appreciated that about Fringe, that they, there is this underlying thing that's about parents and children and, and loss of, of children, the severing of the bonds between parents and children. And, and that's been something that they've had as a theme from, from the start, from the, from the pilot, which is about uh, Pacey reconnecting with Walter uh, when he's been in the mental institution all that time. So anyway, I I, I like that about it, and I thought that that in uh, starting this season, it was cool that they went back there and that they've had this, you know, th- that that plot and that uh, that theme keeps kind of coming. Yeah, back. I think that will play a big part in this season. Anyway, just wait, wait until you see where this season eventually <laughs> yeah. ends. John, John, don't spoil. You'll... John, no spoilers. Oh, no spoilers. All right, but I'm gonna say no, no. I'm, 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 right, I'm but they're playing they're playing off all all of those same themes that they've had. So I I, I like I like that, that that there's some consistency to the themes. Although French. I do think it went over to the you know so bad it's good thing, uh, Dan, in the final bit with the posters on the wall. That finally that wrapped around that I'm like, all right, I, I will just I will just unapologetically <laughs> laugh at that because it's just so <laughs> all right. That's what you're gonna do. That's, okay. That's just so that's what the this, this, they're going out full throttle and that's that's great. Yeah. Freak yeah. flag. <laughs> yeah, and every time I watch the show I am amazed this is only applies to me, that I watch it because uh, you know, a few years ago my mom came to visit and she said, Oh, I have to watch Fringe while I'm here. Uh, and I was like, I don't know what this fringe is, but okay. And I started watching it, and I was like, A, I'm amazed you watched this, Mom, and B, I am going to continue watching it. And I, I, I have to ask my mother if she still watches it, though, because I think it may have gotten a little too weird for her. But mm. Yeah, my mom made it through about the first three, four seasons of Lost, and then was just like, yeah, t- whenever the time travel started, she was like, nah, that was too much. <laughs> it's like, I'm amazed you made it that far. <laughs> Somebody in the chat room pointed out, by the way, that we did we did leave off a new a new show that I did watch the pilot of, which is Arrow. Oh, Arrow <laughs> on the CW. Boy, you're really uh, plumbing the depths. This I'm season, I'm huh? working hard here. Oh no, is it bad as uh, NBC had a short lived show called The Cape? Oh, the cape. Yes, the cape. I didn't see the cape. I saw the first. I saw the pilot. In fact, I believe I believe the guy who starred in the cape is now on Revolution. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think that's true, actually, yeah. I believe it is true. Era was better than I expected, although I admit my expectations were quite low. Um, it, it's a bizarre combination of... of uh, it's almost like lost crossed with gossip girl. It's it's what? <laughs> huh? It it's you know, it, there's some interesting aspects to it cuz it's the idea that he he's the this uh kind of ne'er-do-well playboy who gets on a is in a shipwreck on an island and learns to become this, you know, bow and arrow ninja dude. 
And, <laughs> You're selling it. Keep going. You know, and and so when he comes back, everybody remembers. At first, they all thought he was dead, but everybody remembers him as the spoiled brat. And he's a, and so you get that Bruce Wayne kind of thing where he's got his public persona as this miserable spoiled rich kid, when in reality, his he's brooding and dark and likes to fire arrows <laughs> at evil guys. <laughs> Right, because if there's nothing that intimidates bad people, then a bow, bow and, and arrows. Arrow. Well, that's what they had on the island, <laughs> except for except for horses and bayonets. Especially if you take the rubber suction cup off the end of the arrow before you fire it, you could take someone's eye out with that. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty much what I expected from a CW a CW <laughs> show. It, it was, was not. It was a show. It was well. It was not as terrible as I thought it would be. I mean, it really, it really wasn't. But I didn't watch another episode of it. I did. I did record a few more. But we serum. We had a ceremony last night, and we deleted all the episodes of Arrow <laughs> off the DVR. So, oh. but there were. Oh, in fact, well, they won't go it. back and watch it. But that's like they're that's they're trying to recapture like Smallville and do a yeah. tell of the story of Green Arrow, which is hilarious. Also, because my wife, who doesn't know anything about comic books, keeps getting Hawkeye and Green Arrow confused, and it never fails. Like you know, we're watching the Avengers. She's just like, so is this the Green? arrow no no it's not and then we're watching arrow and she's like so is this the guy from the avengers no it's not there's two separate bow and arrow superheroes i know it's confusing wait until the joss whedon shield show shows up that's just gonna throw her for a loop extra confusing (laughs) uh let's see what else Uh, a couple of you mentioned homeland which i haven't seen um although i've heard from some people that that might be another example of a show that should have been one season long but uh, John and 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 uh, Dan, have you seen that one? Yeah, we can't spoil it for you. I I heartily endorse Homeland. You yeah, should I agree. definitely watch it. Even though in the second, it's got whatever second season disease is sophomoreitis. Yeah, it's got many of the problems that shows have in their second season, partially due to how the first season ended, but partially just due to. I don't know, like syphilis or some other kind of thing that's going through the writer's room. You know, some sort of wasting disease. Wow. Is degenerative. Right. But but it's still like. The, <laughs> that's harsh a, even for you. This is not. But this is an example of like where the good things about Homeland are so good that you're willing to like. Like, because there are bad things. You'll see what they are if you stick with the show. But like season one. Season one. Almost nothing in it that was bad. Really just great. Thumbs okay. up. Right. And season two, still great acting, still great writing, still some good ideas. But then like the bad dials start cranking up a little bit and you're like, but wait a second, is that this kind of show? No, but it's good. And these people I like, like really, really, I think did Claire Danes win the uh, Emmy. Yeah. For, yeah I mean, she, she deserved it. Like to, it's it's you have to watch it. It's a really good show. All right. I, I just, really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm a few episodes back right now, but I, you know, so maybe I haven't run into as much of the uh, the I mean, the, it's tough because John's right. Like the, the situation they leave at the end of the first season is like, uh, all right, where do you go from here? And it is yeah. based, I believe, on a Israeli series. Um, and so there is always trouble when you have an adaptation of like. Well, when you depart from the source material, you know, can you sustain things, you know, if you, if you outlast the source material, especially. Um, but it, there's some really interesting stuff and it really, you know, it, it's it is really compelling, at least definitely in the first season. The yeah. second season, I think I ended at the, the last episode I saw in the second season ends with sort of a oh, crap moment. Um, yeah, no, so they, they did. They, it, second season does have some good moments. It's kind of like you watch Friday Night Lights, right, Jason? Oh, yeah. I mean, you see, you know, when the writers went on strike and they did that crazy thing with the what's se- his name? The second with the, the Landry and the yeah, the, right, the like, rapist. It, oh, it's so not, terrible. It's not that bad. It's not a total cliff. Like, was there still good parts to it? But I, you know, 
I don't know. I, maybe they didn't want to give up their cast, or I don't know. Like it, it, you, you'll see, but it's definitely right. worth watching. It's totally an example of where the good things are are just so really good that I'm willing to forgive a lot of badness and missteps, and I will definitely stick with this. Right. I, I really look forward to Homeland every week now. Yeah, we Friday Night Lights fans don't like to talk about the second season, and yeah. <laughs> I think the producers did too because in the third season, they they literally have things happen that that could not possibly have happened if the second season had existed. And they're like, just met and, eh, no. <laughs> like, Buddy Garrity, didn't you adopt, like, a the, a kid oh, to oh, Santiago yeah. and have him at your house and no, he played no. on the football team? No, 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 no. Didn't happen. Landry was never accused of a crime. Nothing. Never happened. No, no, no. It, these things happen in Texas all the time. So yeah. it just yeah. rewrites itself. Yeah. Boy, we should do it. We should do an episode about Friday Night Lights sometime. Oh, I'd have to watch it. I love I, that show. Such I, a great show. I watched it. Jason, you got to hurry up and watch Homeland before people right. spoil it for you. Okay. We've managed not to, but just get through season one. It's really fast. Uh, this is another one that I saved, or I should have saved for my wife. It, I tried to convince her to watch it. She wouldn't do it. And then once I started watching season two, I, all the episodes I watched secretly without her, so she wouldn't know. Like even if you saw a character <laughs> on the screen, you're like, well, if I see that character in season two, I know they don't die in they season die. one. Nothing. I kept it totally, you know, wow, in the dark, and I think it worked out well. So hurry up and see season one before you know what happens. Is it available somewhere? Maybe it's available somewhere. No, okay. it's Showtime. It the first well, season is available on iTunes, oh, probably. My, yeah, my okay. wife bought it on iTunes, despite the fact that she just discovered today we could it's have on watched the DVR? it for free. We should have, could have watched it for free <laughs> on the Showtime, you know, uh, uh, iOS app. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say along those lines, I'm, I started watching this um, uh, schlocky spy show in USA a couple of years ago, Covert Affairs, and I watched it because I'm a sucker for spy shows, love spy stuff, and the first two seasons were like, okay, it was pretty much your standard USA fare. The third season has been surprisingly really good, like just much more, I don't know if the writers ate their Wheaties or whatever, but like they, they started really getting into some interesting stuff and having more of a recurring plot, uh, and I thought they did a much better job with the third season to date, and you know, I say in some ways it kind of feels like a Homeland light because although it predates Homeland um, or an alias light almost, except not as crazy as alias. Like it's really the thing I liked about it from the beginning is that their espionage portrayal stuff is far more focused on people and far less focused on gadgetry. There's almost none of the like, you know, like crazy technology like that you see on shows and you're like, yeah, that's not actually real. They focus on much more on like the actual like being a person spy part of it. Um, and that to me was really interesting because it does have sort of throwbacks to more classic uh, espionage work. So I throw that out there as, as a show that has I started watching just because I was like entertained week from week. But I thought the third season has been really, really good. OK. Anything else we should uh, we should talk about that you guys are watching? I continue to watch Dexter, although, uh, wow, yeah, it. Uh, I stopped when Jimmy <laughs> Smith was on. Well, Jimmy's the Jimmy Smith season was not very good, uh, especially since it came right after, or did it come before the John Lithgow season? Before. Oh, you should watch. Uh, Just what, skip season? over Jimmy Smith and go to John Lithgow. Go to season four, John Lithgow. It is an amazing. Uh, well, he's a great actor, but he is incredibly creepy as a serial killer. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you should just watch watch that sh- watch that season. I won't spoil it for you, uh, but it is well worth wa- if okay. you like Dexter. Um, I do. I like the first two seasons. Yeah, season four is is the best season out of them all. 
All right. I don't know about that, but oh, it's true. I, I'm still saying spoiler-free because I may come back to it. I bailed like a couple episodes into five. I may return to it though. I think I just burned out on it just because of the sameness. And I and I I agree that the, their overall arc and Dexter is good. Like they're going kind of somewhere, and there's a through line, and but, I appreciate that. Uh, but it's just at a certain point. Like, you saw the first two seasons, right? At a certain oh, yeah. point, it's like, how is Dexter going to get out of it this yeah, time? Yeah. And that's only so yeah. much of that I can take, you know? Yeah, and, and there's a interesting... I mean, season seven introduces a, a, a new wrinkle. Uh, at, at Well, I guess the end of season six into season seven introduces uh, something that I don't want to ruin for anyone if you haven't watching it. So yeah, that makes I, it... I may, I may return to it. A little more interesting, but... Uh, I watched the second season, um, I think, actually, while it was airing, and that was great because I literally knew nothing about whether they were going to come back, and I don't think they'd announced whether it had been renewed or not, and it was great because the second season plays out really like they could just capture or kill Dexter, and that's the end of yep. the show, and I thought that would actually be a, have been a great end <laughs> to have him, him be found out, and that's the end, and he goes to jail, and that's the end of the show. Goodbye! Yeah. Um, and that's not what happens. Instead, many other horrific things happen, and he's, <laughs> and he's escapes scot-free, uh, but was really great. Uh, those first two seasons, people hear about a show about a serial killer, and they get all kind of horrified about it, but those first two seasons of Dexter that that I saw were spectacular, and then the Jimmy Smiths, where it's like, "Oh, my brother died, and you were there, and you might <laughs> yeah. have known, or you might not have." Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, no, was not so good. But uh, <laughs> and I think I I like Dexter because you know he you know he's the bad guy, right? But he but you feel for him, and you're yeah, like you root for you're him. rooting for him, and you're like, no, we don't want him to get caught. But then he's a psychopath who is killing yes. people, and you're like, yes. well, maybe I shouldn't be rooting yeah. for him. <laughs> Right, right. Well, that—that's the beauty of that show is that you're like, oh, I hope Dexter doesn't get cut. Wait a second, he is killing people. Right, I—I I should not be rooting for him. He's, and he's yet, killing a lot of people, but he's—but he kills bad people. He does mostly. It's okay, mostly. Yes. You, you know, if this was the '70s, there would we would have already had a crossover between Dexter and Breaking Bad. Like no, those that, shows that are made true. for each other. They would—they would bump into each other. Dexter and Walter White would be like, yeah, that would have already happened. That's true. Because <laughs> they would have both been on CBS or something. Yeah. What uh, else? Uh, Walking some, Dead. Walking Dead. Walking Dead. We should talk about Walking Dead. Yeah. It's either that or Downton Abbey. Yes. I choose Walking Dead. They're, they're basically the same. The same exactly. show. Very, yeah. very, there are a lot of similarities. <laughs> so as a, as a reader of the comic of Walking Dead, I was really happy to see that they got to the prison this year because that was a great arc in the comic. And I'm not going to spoil the comic other than to say the comic had an arc where they went to the prison. And they've basically followed that. And there's a lot of different kind of uh stories to tell and there's the there's the there's the prison setting and then there's the town setting with the with uh david morrissey and uh you know i think i i i feel like there's much more going on in the walking dead this season than last season which was overstuffed and really was like six episodes worth in 13 that's what i think well they had a good uh the the they concentrated on a couple characters in the in the in the past seasons and this one seems more of like more fair like was the tension between what's his name shane and uh and rick like that was a nice slow build and they kind of had a whole season to work it out with laurie in the middle and that was satisfying but like small and then they had the big finale and now it seems like it's it's a bigger multi-character yeah arc and then like and and it's different it's satisfying in a different way the, the thing about walking dead is like 
if you can't keep me engaged in the personal stories, I start thinking about how bad these people are about surviving with zombies around. Right, right. I start thinking about their competence and like what their options actually were. And I, I shouldn't be doing that. I should be just entirely concentrating on whatever the personal story is you want to tell. Right. You know? Right. And I, I think they've done a, yeah, I think they've done a good job of that this year. La- last season, it really dragged and you started to think you had time to muse about all the ways. That well, they- I think it's the opposite. I was caught up with it last huh. season. I wanted uh, to see how, like, I, I like seeing Laurie playing the two of them back and forth and not knowing how that's going to go because it went out so long. Every time you thought it was going to come to a head and just, it just simmered and she changed her mind again and things went on. <laughs> I, I thought that worked. Whereas this season, uh, it's spread more evenly. It's more egalitarian in terms of screen time and stuff. But like I forgot. Come on, guys. By now, like, do we know? Do you guys know how to survive the zombie apocalypse? Because you're really bad at it. Like, <laughs> you know, there there are defensible positions. There are correct moves. There are better things for you to be doing. There are risks that you should not be taking by now. It's like, well, we just lost a third of our people again. You know why? You know why you lost a third of your people? Because you're dumb. That's why. <laughs> we've we've established that John is the person you want to be around in the case of an apocalypse because he's got a plan. I can I can direct you from my orbiting headquarters to yes. what the right thing to do is. Executing them myself, I have not as much faith in. All right. I'll tell you what to do. That's right. From your, your little uh, – it's like a James Bond plane. You've got a little uh, capsule that breaks off the front of the plane and shoots you away. Uh, I'm picturing more like the, uh, the uh, always in the air 747 from Contact. <laughs> you're you're floating in the international space station just hello down there yeah. I, I never i never land i just continue to fly yeah that's good good plan yeah yeah well i've been liking walking dead and 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 for me this year has been better last year i let lots of episodes queue up because i it just was dragging for me and this year that's not the case yeah, I think this season is better than last season. And it, it is difficult in the McNulty household because Sunday night has both Walking Dead and Dexter. And so I watch them both. And my wife cannot watch either of them because <laughs> yes. she doesn't like They're scary. <laughs> They're too scary and uh, suspenseful. She doesn't like they build up the tension and she can't <laughs> handle it. So she leaves the room, but she wants to know what's going on. So I have to... <laughs> explain everything that's happening. Exactly. You're, you're a recap. Now, now the zombie's biting his arm. Yes, exactly. lots of blood. Yeah, she's like, ooh, what, what just happened? Something sounds like it happened. Did Dexter kill someone? Like, yes. Dexter's concerned about his dark passenger again, honey. It's true. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Although she can handle Dexter a little more than uh, The Walking Dead. Once he starts killing people, she leaves. The Walking Dead has really uh, has really numbed me to gore. Like now, I, I I now I sometimes have to remind myself that people will find The Walking Dead gory because yeah. it just it does not phase me anymore. The gore <laughs> in particular, like people being died, like oh, I didn't want that person to, to be eaten, but the actual gore in the process of eating them, like it's happened so much now that I feel like I'm numbed to it to the same degree that the people in the show are. So maybe that's maybe that works with the. Uh, <laughs> Does zombification make your skull really the bones really of your skull really it. thin? It does apparently. Because you know a baseball <sighs> yeah. bat really shouldn't cave in somebody's brains in well, one hit. You know, zombies really are strong. not interested in uh, eating calcium. They don't get enough calcium, so okay. 
That I think that's the main problem. They just yeah. Want that's why flesh. that's why Walking Dead has to continue to have great performances because if I think for a second about how zombies work in the show, I'll just go crazy. Oh no, no, it doesn't make any <laughs> and they, sense. And like the second episode, they they all get like dressed up in plastic and are rinsing uh, themselves oh. off and all that in case the, the little bit of zombie stuff gets yeah. in them. That, that and ship in is later sailed. episodes, they're like covered in zombie goo <laughs> with their mouths are <laughs> right. open and they're but going. But still, ah! if they get bitten, that's it. Like you yeah. can be you can be inhaling the, their blood and guts are spraying from their head into your mouth yep. and you're fine but if they but if they touch you with their teeth up oh, well now we have to shoot you in the head because you're going to be a zombie like what but we're all infected already i don't understand that's not any sense this doesn't sound like it's, it's like you ever seen like little little kids like playing a game where so long as they all agree that the rules have been like met it's okay yeah it's like, hey, wait a minute! You're supposed to be dead. No, no, no! Because I'm touching somebody who's touching something who's touching the goal. All okay, right. I'm sorry. You're you're alive then. So it's like, so imagine imagine instead that we're not really seeing like zombies. We're seeing like a bunch of like five and six year olds playing a zombie attack game, and this is like a script that was generated by that game. You're not infected by the zombie unless you think you've been infected. <laughs> you, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't touch me with your teeth, which means I'm not infected. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we make that? Yeah, it's a rule. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. Plus, I was t- I was touching the sewer grade, which means that I'm immune from zombie attack as soon as I'm yeah, yeah. breathing as much blood as you like. That's not how you get it. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> all already infected. Like you, you I like the that as as the turn of a plot is like, oh, okay. In retrospect, now that makes sense why these people being so careless they're not turning into zombies because they were already infected. But then why are they still scared of being infected? It is a conundrum. Yes, it is. It's a challenge. I just try not to think about it and just enjoy. It's almost as if they're making up this whole story. <laughs> it's not r- like the real zombie apocalypse would be. <laughs> exactly. Well, like we've already discussed zombies yeah. themselves make no sense. They're not perpetual yeah, motion machines. <laughs> that, it's, it's true. Well, and, but in the trailer for uh, World War Z, apparently they're incredibly fast. Yes. And, yeah, well, you know. And didn't read the book. <laughs> uh, no, they didn't read the book. <laughs> no. Did you guys like the book? So it changes into a book show thing? Did we get thumbs up or thumbs down in the book? Anybody? I liked I liked it. It's not it's not like great literature. I mean, it, the whole premise of it is that it's like an oral history of the zombie wars. So it's like interviews with it's 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 basically a nonfiction book. Is the premise? It's right. interviews with people who witnessed the zombie wars, and I enjoyed it. It's a it's a you know it's not like it's not like your regular kind of novel. Yeah, uh, it seems like style, it might be better but, than the movie. Uh, yeah, I can imagine, and and the book also has a pivotal battle that happens in Yonkers. Yonkers, so, yep, Yonkers. I, I so they had me. Yeah, yeah, and it's Mel Brooks's kid. Exactly. How could you not like it? <laughs> Wrote the book, and 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 yeah. When I look at the movie trailer for that, I think I think it's like they took a paragraph about the battle of Yonkers, yeah, exactly. and uh, and made a movie of that, and, and put not it, the rest of the book, and put it in I am Philadelphia. Brad Pitt. Apparently. Instead yeah. of uh, instead of what uh, Will Smith, yeah, yep. Can we talk about Boardwalk Empire. I watch it. Anybody else? That, go, think, go ahead. Me? Nope. It's uh, I I I picked it up like midway through season one. I think it's the only ongoing drama that I am actually watching. This 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 show has reminded me how little drama I actually watch, and perhaps I should correct that. But season and this is spoiler spoiler free. But season three has not been as satisfying to me as the previous two because it's it's still a great series for like kind of the reasons that I was talking about earlier where it's not about you know it, it the, the the overall this is all about Atlantic City and nineteen in the early nineteen twenties 
and the effects that prohibition is having among a group, a, a small but diverse group of people. Central among them, you know, Steve Buscemi as the treasurer, the treasurer of the political of the political party, and the influence that he that he that he that he sends out. The what really hooked me was the intelligence and all the manipulation that that guy was doing to succeed in this environment and prosper in this environment. And this is the year in which this, this is the season in which things heat up considerably where on one level, it's no longer a situation in which you can succeed by making lots of subtle political maneuvers. You have to start, you know, getting your hands on 3000 Thompson submachine guns and sending them to the right people in order to project power. But a lot of it is a lot. It's I'm not seeing those same like subtle little turns that really got me hooked into the series a couple of years ago, and I, I, it has a lot of really great moments. It's really great to see uh, this Jip Rossetti character who is just an, a, a complete counterpoint to most of the somewhat urbane and sophisticated gangsters we've seen before. And this guy is an absolute mad dog. And it's fun. The, the, again, no spoilers, but the one of the last shots of this week's episode of Jip Rossetti essentially looking out upon what he's achieved <laughs> in the most hysterically funny manner possible, and yet being absolutely terrifying because the way that he does this underscores the fact that no, this guy is insane. He would he would shoot he would shoot you by putting a gun against his own head because, so that you couldn't see the muzzle of it from 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 where you're staring standing right now. But there's something about it that's too much like. Act Action consequence, action consequence, action consequence. There isn't a whole lot of that setup where you're wondering how, where, where is the threat going to be coming from next? How is Nucky? How is this character going to deal with it the next time? So I'm still, I'm still definitely with it, but I'm hoping that there's going to be a a bigger payoff than what I've been seeing so far. Yeah, they they had the problem where they paid off a, a one of the major plot lines at the end of the last season, and they were faced right. with how to do a new beginning and. I do like the fact that in this season, Nucky's like personal issues that he's like his his struggle is like he has personal issues, but he mostly masters them. And now now they're like getting the better of him a little bit. And I like seeing that yeah. downfall. And I do like how they ended it in the very last. I don't know if you're caught up, but at the end, yeah, you did. You saw that one, right? I'm, where like where you know where things look like they're really going down for Nucky, but we know because we had seen in that episode that actually the things that he does best are still there to save him. He's not totally out to dry, right? So there is a possibility for some redemption. But I think this season has taught me that I really need more organized crime drama, smart organized crime drama in my life. Like, I really like The Sopranos. And as kind of, like you said, you know, action consequence kind of, you know, every episode something bad happens and this and that is kind of... But I still get caught up in the... I, I, like, I like mob stuff. I like organized crime stuff. And there are some colorful characters. I, I like the New York crew. I almost wish they would switch to New yeah. York for a while because I want to see what happens with... Uh, uh, who are those two? Uh, uh, Lucky Luciano and his partner and that whole thing. And uh, the, the whole New York scenario I find fascinating. And Nucky is just kind of sad at this point and i and i want to see what's her name gretchen mall or whatever her name is the uh the wife right she that plot line seems to be fading and going off into the sunset for me and and it's fine it served its purpose but it seems like the show is shifting but they don't want to shift it they want to still concentrate on nucky so i don't know that anyone who asks me should i watch boardwalk empire i tell them it starts really slow and it's uneven but i i still keep watching it so yeah I mean, see that, that that was another thing. Again, we can't we can't get into spoilers, but it's that Nucky's uh, Nucky's wife is now like 
it's almost as if she's got her own little mini series <laughs> yeah, going she on. Got a, she's got a spinoff. Yeah, I mean, and before, and the, and the this series started off so strong. I mean, one of the smart things they did was they're not going to start off season three a month after the events of the end of season two. They're going to let about a year and a half pass so that certain people who are in jail are now out of jail. They can put a lot of pieces further on down the game board uh, without having to really laboriously go step by step by step to get people in this position. But also, the the, the one thing I really do like, and this, the thing that really uh, gets me to uh, stay invested and maintain a certain amount of faith in, in that you could say that what you're seeing is the uh, uh, is the, what you're seeing uh, Nucky's transformation is that the effects of the end of season two really have stuck with him in ways that he never thought would stuck stick with him. He's he's, he's still processing things just like so so many of the it seems like so many of the characters that are in the show now are war veterans. And maybe by the time we get to the end of the series, it's all going to be about post-traumatic <laughs> stress disorder and how it just sort of gets into your head and influences everything that you do. I think in the last episode, a hurricane comes and blows off the boardwalk. And... <laughs> it's, all, it's all CG anyway. Sure. Yep. Why not? Uh, <laughs> I understood the words you used in that. I just don't understand anything about the show, but I, I haven't seen the show because <laughs> I'm a cheapskate and I don't pay for premium cable and this is an example where like the writing is not so much like snappy and witty but like the lines are written to reveal insight into characters and they're written with the expectations the viewers are intelligence and and adult and that goes a long way to carrying the series like very rarely in this show do you see people doing things that seem stupid or silly or compressed or whatever they may do things that you don't like or that you find upsetting or that you know that don't take the story the way you wanted, but it always seems like adults, again, with damaged adults, increasingly damaged adults, <laughs> muddling their way through. Their very, it, it's kind of a downer when I think about it. I think about the bonds. The oh, whole absolutely. show is kind of a downer. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, and, and you get back to what we were talking about earlier, where you, Nucky Thompson is not a nice person, and yet somehow you want him to come through all of this okay. Yeah. Despite despite all these awful, awful, awful things and reprehensible things he's done. Like Al Capone. Al Capone is very sympathetic this season. You're like, wait a second. It's Al Capone. Right. And see, this is, it's also weird because it's it's based it is based on actual events. It's and a lot of these characters are real characters. And interviews with uh, the producers have said that yeah, this is Al Capone. But essentially, at the moment where we introduce him, we're free to diverge him from away from uh, like what his actual history was. At the same time, like all these New York mobsters, you kind of have to remind yourself, please don't look. Please don't go to Wikipedia to find out what happened to him after 1923, because it could be that this is exactly what happens to this person after 1923. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. That's the brilliance of the Game of Thrones is that it's not actually historical, so you can't look up on Wikipedia. What well, except to the all of it's already happened because the books are written. <laughs> well, <laughs> so you can. This is true. That. You can look it up about the books. Hey, Dan, how's Supernatural coming? Supernatural is doing well. I thought this season. I'm just talking to myself now. I yeah. I think this season is is doing better. Last season was really rough. Um, oh man, season, you don't have to tell me. I I you know it was more you, regular natural. Be, I, I'm you know, watching the I'm watching the first season now. The the first season has its has its uh, ups and downs, but towards the end of that, when it starts getting more into the mythology of the show, the did, show. Did you know there's a guy really from the great. Gilmore Girls in that show, dude? <laughs> I only heard rumors. 
All right. I thought this season has been good. Uh, Mark Shepard is back, oh, which is always pleasant because he's a great villain. Um, I just saw him in a, clip, in a clip as Badger in Firefly because they did the Firefly reunion on the Science Channel that was on this weekend, the 10th yeah, anniversary, which was fun. Oh, good times. The what? Science Channel. Yeah, I know. Science Channel. The Science Fiction Channel, apparently, now, too. But that was kind of fun to... to Relive old uh, Firefly stuff. It's hard to believe it's been 10 years since Firefly was on. It was self-congratulatory and, and yes. a little bit maudlin, but... Yes. Well, that's... That was, who's that watching? Was good, that was a good show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who's watching? It's not... I wasn't yeah. looking for a hard-hitting documentary about yeah, the, the making the, of Firefly. They were showing the, they were showing the <laughs> clips from Comic-Con, and they showed like oh, a yeah. very small snippets of that, and they showed some questions from the audience. And I have to think one of the questions must have been, here you all are. Why is it that you can't get your acts together and get and make a show about, I don't know, spaceships with this cast, <laughs> with all these people? Why don't you just, like, you know, I, I know it's probably stupid financial and rights reasons, and he's busy doing the Avengers and blah, 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 but someone's got to ask that question and make sure. him say. Just, I, I'm I, just waiting you know, for sure the, uh, you know, I saw the, they did that West Ring, West Wing short, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know if yeah. anybody saw this with uh, Mary, uh, uh, shoot, I'm blanking her name now. Um, the woman who played Kate, the security advisor, Mary McCormick's uh, sister was running for a uh, judgeship in Michigan. Right. Um, and so they, they got like the entire cast of the West Wing to come in and basically reprise their characters. And doesn't that kind of tickle an itch for you where you where sometimes you, you kind of want to think that the cast of your favorite shows, like sometimes they just They're get out together there. and like They're in costume, West sitting in the sets, waiting. Well, no, I mean, not read. just that, but like you, you like sometimes they just no, hang exactly out and that. they and they play West Wing, right? Like, hey, you guys want to <laughs> you guys want to play Firefly? And it's like you kind of want to believe that that happens, right? They, they, they have like a plastic like backyard playground version of the Oval Office exactly. set. <laughs> exactly. And so you kind of sit there. Joss invites them all to the set of the Helicarrier while he's shooting the Avengers. And, and it's like, let's just play Firefly for a while. You know, I, I watch – I do watch Castle even though it's not, you know, fabulously great because I really like Nathan Fillion. He's and there like are – there are a ton of like Firefly references in there. There was a recent episode a couple weeks ago where they went to a sci-fi convention. Yes. And it was just like – and they're just throwing out stuff there because it's like they can. And clearly he has a lot of affection because he knows that's the role that like made him, right? Yeah. You know, and and he seems to really enjoy that part of it. And so – Yeah, wasn't there a line about like what's what sci-fi do you like? And, and he says, uh, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, that Joss Whedon one, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so stuff like that. Or like he makes fun of a show for getting canceled after 13 episodes. And, you know, and so, you know, I, I, yeah. I think a lot of people look back on it fondly. Um, and, and, you know, that's fine. I, and, yeah. but, you know, you kind of wish that. Yeah, I don't know, man. How is Castle on the air? How are they renewing Castle? Because it's a comfortable. It's, it's ABC's. It's totally, it's a, ABC it's a went to CBS and stole their crime procedure. <laughs> oh, every. It's every. It's not CBS's. It's everybody. Everybody's got the procedure. Yeah, but right? CBS like, and CBS. CBS has turned them into an art. Mastered that, yes. Yeah, and and that is fine. But like, I don't know. I mean, from guys, there's new Star Wars movies with the possibly with the original cast coming out like 20 years later. There's nothing to say Firefly might not come back someday. But you saw how much weight that Jane gained. You know, what's his name? Uh, Adam Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because Harrison Ford is clearly still looking like Han Solo. Yeah, but you know, Star Trek came. Star Trek came back as a movie 10 years after. Uh, Yeah, but Kirk was big. Kirk got bigger. 
Yes. Well, like, guess what? People do it that. Happens. It happens. I know. That's why I'm saying you got to film it. Like, they're you're all still young enough no, now that you can really. do it. No, like, no. you got to accept the reality of that people age and just say, exactly. like, we're going to set this 20 years later. Yeah. And they're still flying around on their darn ship. I want to go yeah. back. I want to go back in time. Back in time. We have, we have to go back, Dan. John, we have to go back. There's a parallel universe <laughs> where Firefly was on for five years. We just need to create technology that will let us <gasps> go to that parallel universe, get the DVD set, oh, yes. and that's bring it back. We just need a DVR that that accesses shows broadcast in the parallel universe. Oh God, I think I think you're just describing another really awful episode of Family Guy. Uh, I've developed a time traveling DVR. We can record shows. Another really bad uh, pilot that NBC is going to run next uh, year. That was what if you had a DVR that lets you watch all the shows from other universes? Early edition, only with a DVR. <laughs> only with a DVR. That's right. And no, and no, even the alternate reality NBC won't let you fast forward through commercials. Yes. Kyle Chandler's <laughs> Kyle Chandler's show. Hey. There's this there's this uh, great show that's on in the parallel universe and it's really compelling. The problem is that it seems to be very pro Hitler. Huh. <laughs> Damn, but it's really good. Damn, so close. How I yeah. met your Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that note, I think it's time to close up the uh, fall TV uh, review for now. Uh, but this has been fun. I've got some things. I've got some notes. I've been assigned. Season one of Homeland, so I'm gonna have to watch that. <laughs> don't don't sound so depressed about it. No, no, I'm I'm excited about that. I'm depressed about all the episodes of Supernatural I have to watch, but I'm excited about <laughs> season one of Homeland. So oh, watch season four of Dexter as well. Oh yes, I, I'll put that on the list too. Thank you. That's that's a good one. Poor Dexter and his dark passenger. It's very sad. He doesn't want to be a serial killer. He has to. But code. he is. He I lives mean, by the code. Of us, he lives of by us. Harry's code. It's true. None of us wants to be a serial killer, Dan. There's our there's our episode. <laughs> All right. Until the next episode of The Incomparable, this is Jason Snell. I'd like to thank my guest, Scott McNulty. I kind of want to be a serial killer. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Andy and Ico. I just want to extend peace and love to everybody. That's much better than being a serial killer. Although serial killers say that sort of thing. So who knows? Dan Morin, thank you. I, I keep watching Revolution in Last Resort. I think I might have a problem. You, Yeah, your DVR... <laughs> Is uh, gonna need to go into some sort of intervention. We're gonna have to like take a big magnet over your DVR. No. And John Syracuse. Once again, we have somehow escaped without discussing Downton Abbey. <laughs> John, you and I will have a Downton Abbey podcast. That's right. Yeah. I'll have, oh, have, have a tea party. I watch yeah. Downton Abbey too. Scott, so. Scott's coming too. All yes. right. Yeah. Scott's coming too. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, set up the microphone and then just leave the room and let let uh, Lauren be on it with you guys because she's seen that all the Downton great. Abbeys too. But I don't I know. What, I, I can't believe you're not watching that, Jason. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lauren Grantham is very sad. Oh, uh, you can't believe it. I feel like I've let you down now. You have. We've Good secretly job. replaced your season one of Homeland with season <laughs> with one Downton of Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey notices the difference. It's oh like Firefly, God. only. Which, so which, which one of the characters on Downton Abbey is the serial killer? Thomas. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't wait for the episode where he has to... Uh, well, actually, technically, yeah. only one person has actually killed somebody, huh? That's true. <laughs> Still, it's it's just the murder is just as gory, but now it's just socially awkward. It's, it's just Mary. <laughs> Mary's a secretly a serial killer. That's wow. my theory. All right. On that note, thanks to everybody for listening to the Incomparable, and go watch some more TV. I guess we're not watching enough television already, so watch more of it. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>